The Gucci Girl, Prada Professional, Coach Queen, or Target Trendsetter. No matter how you describe her, she's the most powerful consumer in the country. Join marketing to women expert Maria Ritan, principal at Top Sale Strategies, as she chats with those in the know so that your business can grow only on her strings. Good afternoon and welcome to First Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch First Strings every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending. The woman. Well, first up from Gavin O'Malley with Mobile Insider, I'm going to talk about Pokemon Go. It's uh, something that you all have been living for a very, well, not a very long time, but when it comes down to um, to games, it certainly has had its its string of success over the last couple of months. Gavin is talking about just how much money this game has spawned, and he's basing his story on YouGov. YouGov has gone off and done a survey of 50 50,000 consumers in the UK, US, and Germany to find out who all has been playing and how much they've been spending. Well, um, as the time that this article was written about a week ago, uh, players had spent more than $250 million on coins, eggs, incubators, and other virtual items that helped them advance in the game. And the in-app payments surpassed $268 million just five weeks after the game's launch. Apparently, a fifth of Pokemon Go players have shown a willingness to spend money on the game, which is very unusual, by the way. Uh, and specifically here in the U.S., players spending money on the game is closer to 30%. Now, games are not known for being around for very long. Three months is usually about the time until they peter away. Just 3% of users make time in their day for the average gaming app. So we are real close to Pokemon Go having its 15 minutes of fame over and done with. Um, I think we'll be watching that to see if maybe its life's extended a little longer than usual. Our first profile today is the Gucci girl, single woman in her late 20s, early 30s, a little bit of a higher income, around 90K, and are very fashion conscious, living in urban areas. Fashion magazines help determine what they buy, as, as well as their friends. They do switch up their styles each and every season. They like to experiment with brands. They like to experiment with, with new stores. So they're not particularly loyal when it comes to those name brands. They will just shop for the love of shopping, even if they don't buy anything. They're ambitious and money-driven, willing, as I said, to shop new stores. And they consider themselves to be socialites. They like to entertain people in their home. Having a close circle of friends is important to them as well. At retail, they're shopping at Nordstrom's, Neiman Marcus. Um, they're shopping uh, Ralph Lauren, Donna Caron. Um, and they're driving Infinity, Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, and Nissan. Um, Gucci, Kenneth Cole are also big um, with this uh, target audience. So the magazines, this is the ones that they're reading constantly for new information. So it's a great way to get in front of our Gucci girl. Cosmo, Glamour, InStyle, Vogue, all very big with this particular woman. Uh, she's watching Lifetime, HGTV, VH1, Bravo, and TLC. 
Um, my guest today has been in the transmedia space for more than a decade. Transmedia, you ask? What's that? Well, we're going to explain that when Andrea Phillips comes on after the break. She's an award-winning writer, game designer, and author. You may have actually played some of her games. She's worked on projects like Zombies Run, The Walk, the Master's Path for HBO's Game of Thrones, you may have heard of that, and the Human Rights Game, America 2049. She's also done an independent commercial ARG called Perplex City. Her projects have won numerous awards. Uh, I won't even go into the very long list of her award-winning projects. Her book, A Creator's Guide to Transmedia Storytelling, is used to teach digital storytelling at universities all around the world. She's even ventured out into independent works, including a Kickstarter serial called The Daring Adventures of Captain Lucy Smokehart and The McKinnon Account, which is a short story that unfolds in your email inbox. Um, her debut novel, Revision, just came out in May. And she's also had a short uh, fiction that's been published in Escape Pod and the Jews versus Aliens Anthology. Can you say Andrea Phillips is prolific? Yes, you can. And you can say she's creative. You can say she's a pioneer. There's many ways to describe her. And I'm absolutely thrilled that she's on the show today. You're going to want to stick around for this interview, especially those of you who don't know what transmedia is. You're going to learn a lot today. Her Strings will be right back after a word from our advertisers. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising? Or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? I'm David Ogletree, president of WME Training. Did you know that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average? At WME Training, we can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean, converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contests and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Her Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Rutan. Welcome back to Her Strings. My guest today is Andrea Phillips. She's an award-winning transmedia writer, game designer, and author. In fact, you may have played one of her games for uh, HBO's Games of Thrones, The Master's Path. I know there's so many Games of Thrones fans out there. Undoubtedly, you have come across that. 
And it's her book, A Creator's Guide to Transmedia Storytelling. That's the reason that she's here today. Transmedia has become the buzzword, even though it's been around for quite some time. And Andrea certainly has played a very large role in creating transmedia to what it is today. And I'm thrilled to have her on the show. Welcome, Andrea. Hi, thank you for having me. Well, thank you so much for making the time. I know there may be some listeners out there who maybe have heard of transmedia, but maybe scratching their heads a little bit. So for the purposes of making sure we're all on the same page, could you give a simple definition of transmedia for us? It's funny to say simple definition because if you have <laughs> if you have three transmedia experts, you'll come up we'll come up with seven or eight definitions. But for for the simple purpose today, we'll say transmedia is the art of telling a single story using multiple platforms, where a platform can be something like a comic book or a movie, or it can be a Twitter stream. Now, I'm in the special business of doing immersive transmedia storytelling, where I, I like to play out stories as if they were a thing happening in the real world and add a little bit of magic magic or adventure to something that happens over the course of maybe six or eight weeks. Yes, and many, many, many great examples of that, including, gosh, well, we talked about Games of Thrones, Game of Thrones, and I'm, I'm going to get to that example in a bit. But you've also done some pretty cool stuff, including um, your Kickstarter serial, The Daring Adventures of Captain Lucy Smokehart, and the McKinnon account, which is a short story. So you you dabble in a lot of different things, Andrea. <laughs> I do all the things. I, I like to go to the shiny thing and, and do whatever is striking my fancy at the moment. Well, you're lucky to be able to go, go and do that for a living. I am curious how this all began. Like, how did you choose this area to be your specialty, especially at a time when, I mean, I don't even know if people knew what transmedia was. You know, transmedia hadn't quite been invented as such when I started. So uh, long, long ago, I actually was a product manager at an IT company. So I sort of come from technology. And one day while I was at work, a friend in chat sent me a link to a website for the anti-robot militia, which was a hate group against robots. And this was a part of a game for the movie AI, this sort of experiential marketing campaign. Nobody knew what it was at the time. And so uh, one of the players coined the word alternate reality game to refer to this kind of guided immersive experience. And then at the end of it, there wasn't anything else like it anymore. So uh, a bunch of my friends started a company to make things like that. So there would be more amazing experiences like that in the world. And I badgered them until they hired me. And also, and that's sort of the rest is history. I've been working in some combination of games and storytelling and experience design ever since. Well, and you've taken all that great expertise and you have put it in the book I referred to earlier, A Creator's Guide to Transmedia Storytelling, which has been so well received that universities are using it with your student, with their students. Congratulations on that. That has to be quite the legacy, uh, informing great minds coming up behind you. Uh, Why do you think that particular book has been so successful? I think it's a combination of tone and topic. Um, So there really aren't a lot of books talking about this sort of media in in practical terms, in in pragmatic terms. Basically, I wrote this book as an instruction manual in how to do the kinds of things that I do, particularly for indie filmmakers, for artists. Uh, and and not so much as uh, sort of a marketing guide or an academic critical analysis of the field so far. And so it's, it's, I think, a little more useful than some of the other work out there if you don't have an enormous budget 
or if you are interested in making things rather than studying mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And if people are reading that book and they're in university to learn about it, they probably are wanting to make things, I'm, I'm guessing. And they probably already do. And they want to learn more about the art of, of the craft. Um, Absolutely. It's, it's funny, actually. I started writing the book originally um, to explain to myself on my blog what I was doing to try and take the things that I knew from instinct into intent so I could consciously use those tools. And it turns out other people could use those tools also. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's it's somewhat intuitive to your point, I think. Um, and you talk about your blog. Now, your blog is on your website. Do you want to tell people a little bit about that website? <laughs> my, my website is Deus Ex Machinatio, which is a pun in Latin, but you get to the same place if you just go to andreaphillips.com. So I recommend you do that one instead. And also, there's a little bit of a, a naughty word in the middle of my main URL, Deus Ex. Um, so some some sites some 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 workplaces block my website, <laughs> but I am here to say you can get to the site because I have. So I just wanted to make sure I explained <laughs> all of that because you can also get the book there too. You can download a chapter of the book from that website, so you all can sample it a little bit, get a taste of it. I came up with just a little something story to to for him to do that. So I came up with just a little something story to to try it out. And the thing that I found was that the method of storytelling elevated it into being something a lot more powerful and moving than it would have been otherwise. Mm-hmm. So when, when I just wrote it out on paper, it was really not anything special. And then when people received it in their inboxes, it became an entirely different experience. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, right. It, it, and it, it was part of the surprise and delight i'm sure uh, of how they de- how that was received and how that kind of revealed itself over the course of several emails and then you've also done a novel too revision talk about that because that is a very traditional way of storytelling it is a very traditional way of storytelling you're completely right um, my novel is about a wiki where your edits come true which is kind of trying to update (laughs) the classic (laughs) storytelling trope of the book where you write the thing or you read it and and what you see comes true. So I've been on a bender for the last couple of years. I've been working in transmedia for, for what, 10 years now, possibly longer. And at a certain point, I, I decided I wanted to refine my raw storytelling chops because I'm good at showy tricks, but you want to have good fundamentals too. It's, it's like in basketball, I guess, doing, doing your dribbling drills. At a certain point, you really have to be good at the basic building blocks of storytelling. So I really wanted to focus for a while on basic core storytelling and maybe build a little bit of a credibility and a little bit of an audience that way that I can bring back into my transmedia work going forward. And it's been it's been a learning process because I actually do have some bad habits from transmedia <laughs> that don't transfer to prose writing very well. Um, for example, everything I write is really fast paced, uh, too fast for a novel because I'm used to having web-sized device of attention to tell a story in. Um, but it's been a really great practice and experience for me, and I'm glad that I've been doing it. 
Well, it's had to stretch that muscle, right? To mm-hmm. how do you write for the medium? And you're, to your point, your medium was quick, fast-paced, uh, sparkly, very, very sparkly, as you talked about. And one of probably the most sparkly things you've done, or at least the one I'm aware of, is the Game of Thrones for HBO, where you created a transmedia campaign that focused on a series of sensory experiences. And uh, I'm sure many listeners out there were like, oh my gosh, yes, I remember that. That's the woman behind that. That's so cool. Um, so really it allowed fans to experience things in person and virtually talk about that whole campaign. Cause I think that is really kind of brings it all to life for us. It's definitely one of the most showy and widely known things that I've done. And it was really a pleasure to be able to work on this project. So it was, it was a marketing campaign. Let's be honest. It wasn't mm-hmm. purely out of art. And if you can go back, rewind your memory to before Game of Thrones first debuted, HBO was concerned that fans of the books wouldn't like the series. So it was our job as marketers to convince fans that HBO understood the property and they were going to get it right. So what we did was create uh, this series of, of sensory experiences, like you say, um, where uh, there was this sort of influencer gift we had sent out, which were sent chests, um, where you could mix together three sort of little little bottles of aromatherapy oils to get the feeling of of a place, the smell of a particular place. So for the in, in at the crossroads, for example, those smells were, I believe, sort of a brandy and baking bread and <laughs> and oak floorboards to create that sort of scent. Where for the Dothraki Plains, they were something like, uh, you know, leather and grass and sweat to create a very different sort of sort of experience. And then we had a whole series of these. We had food trucks where recipes from the Game of Thrones mm-hmm. were served. We had uh, a sort of a, a, a virtual experience where you could stand watch on the wall and, and look out to make sure that the wildlings weren't coming. And then if you spotted when you had to blow the horn into um, this, this whole tremendous series of things. And we weren't really telling a story in it because Game of Thrones is a very complicated thing to tell a story in and we didn't want to step on any of the things that the show might be doing. So instead, we tried to create the feeling that you had yourself been transported to Westeros, to this magical, fantastical kingdom. Well, I guess magical and fantastical are are maybe not accurate. Maybe you should go with (laughs) dark and gritty, given given the way the show actually plays out. Uh, But but to feel like the place was real, like you could touch it. Mm-hmm. smell it really it was a, a surround sound is like what I like to call it almost like a surround sound experience um, that is one of the coolest things I think I've ever heard of and as a PR person as a marketer <laughs> I'm like oh brilliant brilliant stroke I just love that because people can engage in so many ways and truly today it is about engagement right people are looking for experiences they're looking to have a strong brand connection to brands that they love and games have thrown definitely is a, is a brand so um, I, I actually I often think one of the reasons that we like stories as a, as a pastime as a leisure activity is because they give us a safe space to experience things and to feel emotions that we don't have any room for in our everyday life it's just mm-hmm. a human thing to want to do that 
Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to squeeze one more question in before we go to break. I know last month, along with many places you attended, you, you spoke at WorldCom 2016 in Kansas City. Uh, you addressed rooms full of people on topics like driverless cars, the impact of tech on society, the differences between a futurist and a sci-fi author, among many other things. Clearly, you're able to <clears throat> talk about and address many, many, many different topics. But I think one of the things that I find so interesting is that so much of what you do is set in the quote unquote future, but some of that, there's not a lot of data sometimes and research and the like to support what the future might hold. So how do you, how do you work with that? How do you work in a futuristic setting? Is it purely creative or do you spend a lot of time talking to people about the future? Talk, talk a little bit about that process. Well, we, we like to say that we can't tell the future, but I genuinely believe that everyone can tell the future at least a little bit. So if you were to knock a glass off the table, you would know exactly what would happen. It would spill, the, the glass might break. We do have the capacity to tell the future, sometimes with a high degree of accuracy. And if you're an early adopter, you kind of live a little bit more into the future than the, pe than the people around you. So I have this interesting dissonance between being in really tech-forward circles in, in my sort of marketing sphere with my colleagues, and then I come home to to my kids and, you know, PTA meetings and the other parents at school who are not living in that same sphere as me. And, and <laughs> I, I, I feel like I, I'm living not quite in the same time frame as, mm -hmm. as my, my community members. So a lot of what I'm doing isn't actually extrapolation. It's describing what I see happening around me right now that hasn't made it to everybody yet. So, you know, I, I have colleagues who have drones right now and who are doing all kinds of really intense things with technology. Um, and then the, the other thing actually that I do to, to tell the future is to remember that we're, we're human beings and everything we do with technology are the same human things we've always done. Mm. So mm -hmm. every time we invent some new platform, some new technology, we use it for pornography, we use it to make war with each other, and we use it to try and impress each other. Those are the basic human things <laughs> that we do, no matter what else is going on around us. And once you have that sort of core humanity in, in sight, then the rest of it falls into place pretty easily. Uh, I think I think uh, you're right on those three core things for sure. Absolutely. And it is funny how so many things change and yet so many things remain the same. Um, uh, very intuitive of you. And, it, and clearly you're far ahead of the rest of us. You do live in a quite a different world, Andrea. I'm convinced of it. So I think we'll just look to you to, to tell us what the future holds. We are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to hear more from Andrea Phillips. And we're going to talk about Pokemon Go. Maybe you've heard of it. Maybe. All right. Everybody stick around. We'll be back. Her Strings will be right back after a word from our advertisers. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. 
I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Purse Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Rutan. I've been chatting today with Andrea Phillips, an award-winning transmedia writer, game designer, and author. And we were just talking about the future. But the right now, as at least for many of you, the right now is Pokemon Go. It's a recent example that's kind of overpowered the nation. And I think I can aptly say it has kind of taken over everyone. Andrea, I'm sure that you probably have some very distinct thoughts on this game. What, why do you think it's achieved the success that it has, and, and do you think it's well-deserved, or do you just think it's a flash in the pan? <laughs> yes and yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, basically, the reason Pokemon Go is, is such a tremendous success is because you have an entire generation of people for whom Pokemon was an absolute beloved childhood property. And so as soon as you make something else about it that's accessible to adults that you can can go out into public with and not be seen as doing something childish, then absolutely they're going to they're gonna download it. They're going to spend money on it because it gives you a chance to, to reconnect with this sort of nostalgic part of your life, right? Mm-hmm. That said, there are a lot of games. I mean, I know a lot of people who, who designed augmented reality and locational games very much like Pokemon Go even 10 years ago. So really, it's it's the secret sauce of Pokemon specifically that made it successful. And even so, the difficulty of making locational games is that seasons are going to matter to you. And uh, at a certain point, the game becomes tired and tedious. So when, when the game first came out, I, I predicted basically nobody's going to be playing by November. And I still stand by that. We've seen user <laughs> numbers dropping dramatically because it is a lovely, charming game. Absolutely. And they did a fantastic job with it. But unless you're constantly feeding your users with new content mm-hmm. or with new interactions, then uh, unfortunately, this is the internet age, and people are going to get bored and move on to something else that is constantly gratifying the need for novelty. 
Of course, that is our nanosecond of attention span playing out there. Do you do you feel like people will be looking at the success of Pokemon Go? And to your point, a lot of that secret sauce was that it was nostalgic for a lot of people. But do you think it will impact future games? Or do you think that there's tools that can be adapted outside of gaming that people will say, oh, well, that worked there. Let's try it here. This is really complicated in as much as Pokemon Go came into a space where a lot of tools already existed. And there are a lot of fitness games and a lot of locational games already. Um, Pokemon Go itself was basically a reskin of a game called Ingress that the same company had already made that had been running for years already. I think we're going to see a, a boom of little startups trying to do things similar to Pokemon Go, and ultimately, it's not going to get very far. This is this is I'm I'm a a, a pessimist on this topic. I, I really don't think it's going to be lasting change because if it could have been, then it would have happened already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, it will be interesting to see what the next big thing is, isn't it? You know, I'm always waiting for the next big thing. And uh, we'll we'll see if it looks similar or like-minded to anything that maybe we've seen before. You know, you mentioned you've been around this industry for potentially more than 10 years. And at the time that you started, you know, Transmedia was just, just really starting out as well. And as a woman, I, I, you know, we're called purse strings for a reason. Um, so I have to ask, I mean, do you, do you find yourself to be part of a minority in this industry? And, and do you see opportunities growing for women um, who have a knack for storytelling and in a transmedia kind of format? When I started out in transmedia, one of the things that I really loved about the community is that the number of women and men working as professionals was basically equal. And I have had equity on most teams I've worked on throughout my career. In fact, I've, I've worked on a number of projects that were, that were almost entirely women and a couple that were all women, which has been a really delightful and gratifying experience, especially compared to mainstream games and gaming, which can be a very difficult place to be a woman these days. Um, and especially a particularly feminist woman who stands up for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, um, unfortunately, as transmedia got sort of more mainstream traction, I saw a dynamic happening where uh, conferences would be inviting my male colleagues to speak and not my female colleagues, um, or there would be you know one or two sort of token women that were invited. And so I, I actually feel like, unfortunately, in transmedia, the the beautiful equality that it started out with has diminished quite a bit over the last several years. And it's not anything that any one person did on purpose. It's, I think, the existing power structure of the business world and of marketing and of entertainment imposing itself on our art form over time. And it's, it's made me really angry, to be honest. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like I have to keep working as as much as I can and be as loud as I can about my accomplishments in order to maintain that this is a safe space for women and that you can actually get ahead in transmedia. 
Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Thank you for your continued work in the space and for being a role model. I, I really do believe you are you are clearly a role model for many women out there who, you know, see this as an engaging, exciting area to work. And, you know, unless we see examples, we are not going to pursue it. We're not going to believe it's something we can do. So, um, you know, pat yourself on the back in a big way for that one. Um, so I'm going to end with your crystal ball, because you've said, you know, you kind of already live in the future a little bit and the rest of us, unfortunately, do not. Uh, what is exciting you in the transmedia space? What are you keeping your eyes on? Because you're, you're looking further in the future than the rest of us. I am incredibly excited about Magic Leap, which is a company in Florida that is specializing in augmented reality. They have tremendous amounts of funding and they're very secretive, but the little tiny bits that I've seen are just spectacular. Now your readership, your readership, your listenership may be already familiar with virtual reality where you put sort of a set of goggles on and then you see an entirely fabricated world around you. Um, but augmented reality or, or mixed reality is you put you put you know the goggles on and what you're seeing is the real world with a couple of things magically inserted into it and the applications of this for storytelling and also for everyday life are so exciting to me imagine if you can google maps where rather than squinting at your little compass and trying to work out if you're going in the right direction your augmented reality headset actually shows you little twinkly lights on the ground to where you need to walk, mm. right? <laughs> right. Or, or the conference buddy, a little pop-up display like like in a, an RPG where over everyone's head you see their name and you can pull up your, your file or notes on you know, what their family members are named and what foods they're allergic to and who they work for and what kinds of interactions you've had with them before. Um, and then, of course, there's the storytelling layer, which is uh, just spectacular, where you can take, you know, the cat that you have in your house and reskin it so that it's, you know, a little magical sprite instead. You can put fairy wings on it. Um, and, then, and then you can take the real world and make it uh, a delightful and wonderful experience, even as you're going around your everyday life. So I'm super excited about that. Uh, I can see why. Who wouldn't want to reskin your cat into a little fairy sprite? Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, that's, right? that's so fun. I'm, I'm just thinking of the time suck on that, okay? You know, the the time that I would spend doing that if I had that available to me. So uh, <laughs> fantastic, fantastic stuff. Andrea, I could talk to you for uh, an hour and more, I'm sure. But unfortunately, our time has come to a close. Thank you so much for being on today. And I, I do want to remind everyone to go to Andrea's website. And I'm, I'm sure I'm going to mangle the name, but Dosa Machiniato, maybe? <laughs> No, Deus, you say it. Deus ex machina. It's a, it's a, it's a bad oh, in Latin. So. There you go. See, I'm horrible at that. I took French. Thank you so much for being on. And I, I do recommend everyone go out, learn uh, learn more about what, what Andrea is doing. It's truly fascinating. And Andrea, thank you so much for, for keeping us engaged and excited um, with with what's going on around us today with um, Transmedia and, of course, all your other projects that you've got going on. I, I look forward to seeing what else you're going to come up with. Thank you. This has been so fun. Oh, thank you so much for being on. And thanks to my producer, George. Join me right here next week for another edition of Purse Strings, 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Until then, make it a great one.